And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. It's a very special Friday here at Red Eye Radio. Gary, good morning. Good morning. And and here I am just, you know, just before we go on the air, preparing and checking all different websites the latest headlines that uh, may uh, be on there and mm. there's a headline there on uh, on uh, DeSantis another one murder suspect uh, convicted uh, this one Seattle school district forced to do layoffs amid plummeting student enrollments another Fox News story Chinese nationals operate nearly every illegal indoor marijuana farm in the largest county in uh, the uh, United States Hershey's faces backlash, another headline from Fox, over putting a trans woman on candy bar wrapper for International Women's Day. And with all those stories, there was still enough room on foxnews.com, thank goodness, to make sure they do what they do almost every day. Mm -hmm. Denise Richards' mini-me daughter sizzles in cheeky bikini photo shoot. Denise Richards' daughter? Yeah, Charlie Sheen's daughter, yeah. I'm really getting old. Uh, I just don't, you know, I, and and I really don't. I I don't get to look at the Daily Caller. Used to do that all the time. We talked about this, but now they were behind a paywall, so I don't check them. I don't check them anymore. But Fox is just what? What is it? What is it about these conservative publications that on their their front page at some time during the day, with all the hard news, they always have to have a woman, a celebrity woman in a bikini story? I yeah. mean, it's almost every yeah. day. Mm-hmm. And if, all right, if it's not every day, it's three, four times a week. It's like, what, well, the, um, what is it? What am I missing here? The brunt of their audience is middle-aged men. <laughs> okay. Nothing to miss. <laughs> if they weren't clicking, they wouldn't keep posting. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the FoxNews.com bathing suit issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait a minute. Someone's writing that down right now. <laughs> oh, we could do a... Yeah. Why not? Why not? 
<laughs> oh, here's another story. Dominion and Smartmatic tried to bribe the governor and lieutenant governor of Georgia with women in bikinis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, once again, that was Hunter. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it, it really is uh, interesting when you go through the stories. You know, you go to National Review and everything... What I love about National Review is you would think, based on the history of National Review, if you're if you're just if you, if you woke up <laughs> and you, you you've been out for a while and you've never been to their website, you would think it's all going to be very serious discussion about conservative values and there are the, which would be great in and of itself, and there are those. But then you've got the you know the the really the the good humor that is instilled in a lot of their stories and i love that i love you know whether it's garrity or or any of them that just i mean because they're doing stuff that we do it's just it's tongue-in-cheek and the the way they write it yeah and i and i think and i think to myself when i'm reading their stories i'm thinking okay that's the only way and maybe that's kind of what drives us too uh, and and how we do it in today's world with with the Biden administration, there's only that you could only do it. There are some things you can only do with humor because it's so bizarre. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you get you get the message across because part part of the problem is I was, I was looking at who have the, the the one story coming up new new uh, survey says uh, that uh, young people believed. Basically, civilization is doomed because mm-hmm. of all the climate change rhetoric, mm-hmm. which, of course, we knew because mm-hmm. we saw the remember the Greta kids that that one time and that one yeah. the one girl saying, well, we don't care about free college. It doesn't matter. We're not going to be here in 10 years. So free college doesn't mean anything to us. Right. Because the, we're all going to be wiped off the face of the earth. And that's the type of paranoia that they're, you know, that they're. Uh, they're they're uh, they're teaching but uh because there is you know look most of the news is negative out there we live in a time you know and and we're very blunt about it where government is the cause of the problem and that Mm -hmm. depresses a lot of people right now government is the if you know when reagan said it good god it's 10 times greater now oh man yeah government isn't the solution they are actually the problem you can look at every major issue we face today, right now, every single major issue we face, and it came from government policy. Didn't come from natural disasters, didn't come from a foreign enemy. Yeah. Everything was yeah. created by our society. Those, And so it's like, why can't we solve the problems today? Well, because we created them. And it's so bizarre the way that we do it that if you don't do it with comedy, people may... If you don't use comedy, and people can at least laugh about it, but at the same time vote against what's going on because mm-hmm. you made the point through comedy, mm-hmm. well, uh, and, people, and, you get pretty depressed. Well, and that's it. I mean, I, I think observational humor really over the years has been, you know, that that's the key to it. Uh, the old saying, it's funny because it's true, you know, and, and that's what you see. I mean, uh, the way Carlin would lay out, you know, very simple Otherwise, simple observations. They weren't simple because uh, he would do it in genius fashion most of the time. It was just boom, and then it was exactly how you think. You connect. 
it's it's funny because it's true. Well, when you apply that to to modern day political landscape of the U.S., then it is it, it it's it, it almost writes itself. And and you do. I mean that that's when you when you look at it. Um, that's I I think that's why the Babylon Bee. Remember no, when the no. Onion used to be the only game? Yeah. And then the Babylon Bee just boom catapulted because of the nature of of the political landscape. Well, because the headlines are fearless. That's yeah. why. Yeah. I mean they're blunt. Yep. Oh my they're, gosh! They're, sometimes they're, it's sometimes I go, whoa! Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe you guys wrote that. But you know that's it, it's part of the point because you're making a serious point through that humor, and sometimes it's just funny to be funny. But man, you know, I was I was going through it. We mentioned um, we were talking about the Supreme Court earlier this week, and we, and we brought up Scalia. Uh, you know, you could argue is probably the closest to a pure constructionist uh, in modern years, at least as as you've seen on the Supreme Court. And I thought to myself, it's it's kind of like you know, you brought up Reagan. What would Scalia think about all the cases that are you know coming about? I would I would just love to read his his opinions on. You know, everything at the Supreme Court. I would love to see a Ronald Reagan sit down. And I, I don't know if he'd go on Jimmy Fallon. You know, he used to go on Carson. I'm, I guess he would go on Jimmy Fallon if he was still in the political game, if he were around. And, and But but I would love for him to talk about, I would love to hear his thoughts on everything today. Not just the inside the Beltway stuff. But how the, you know, the social media and and social commentary through social media has also shaped the political landscape. And that, to me, is just fascinating to think about what he might think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it, w- it would probably be a very long conversation. It's it's uh, it's it's fun. It's certainly be a fun conversation yeah. to, to to have yeah. on a Friday night with maybe a couple of adult beverages. Mm. Uh, I mean, you just mentioned the, you just mentioned the, uh, you know, the, uh, the so-called comedy shows at night. And mm-hmm. I just had gone to the Babylon Bee just for the heck of it. The one headline, Jimmy Kimmel runs tonight's jokes by President G for approval. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. Just, I mean, just, well, just, it's, just, just great stuff. Yeah. I mean, and, but just, you know, just brutal. Yeah. Chicago, I mean, I mean, just fearless type of comedy. I mean, in your face, Chicago honors Lori Lightfoot's legacy with 21 murder salute. Oh, wow. Wow. M- music- yeah, that's one of those gut punches. Now, now, yeah. now remember, they yeah. they are a Christian satire site. Mm-hmm. Look at this headline. Yeah. Museum of Great Protestant Works of Art just large empty building like oh my god that's like, oh, I saw, that's like. shocking study shows more kids identifying as members of the world's most celebrated popular group <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah yeah right <laughs> i mean it's just but uh you know they're they're uh you know it's you need you need comedy in these days but the the reason as you know we we've talked about it whether it's the the you know the, the the Babylon Bee or you mentioned you know National Review using it uh, uh, a lot comedy 
in in their writings or the fact that you know we use it you know it, it we didn't we didn't think of using it we just we just laugh a lot and you know maybe it's a little bit cuz we dabbled in stand up comedy in the mm-hmm. past and we did you know we did rock radio where you know morning rock radio I did for a while where you're always coming up with jokes you're always writing and so it's sort of a natural thing but when you think about it in in the a way of communicating it's a way to keep people paying attention yeah. where they don't get so depressed because if every day it's like it sucks we're going down well, i mean it you yeah it's but, what but, i loved but I think, it, it keeps it keeps people motivated to i i think because they're in a better mood to solve the problems and to to fight the insanity that we have today well it it, it takes a lot of heat off of the um off of the topic it 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 allows it to simmer down and allows to if you're a conservative and a critical thinker you you start to think it through in a way i i i think it's one of the for me at least and i think for many i have to believe for many it was the attraction to rush limbaugh because rush did so many things you know Mm tongue-in-cheek you know and of course the liberal media took everything to be literal from him but you know, it's he would use that humor, interject it, but he but making a serious point. You know, he could go and monologue like like nobody else, and he could also have those moments when he just throws in something where you know it's tongue in cheek, and it was quite often it was so dry that if if you're somebody who doesn't know, didn't know. Then you would, you know, you would think you know, it would be arrogance or something like that. But it was, it was humor. You know, you you, you mentioned National Review, and I forgot which writer. I forgot it was Rich Lowry because he stepped down as editor a couple of years ago. Whether it was the writer Kevin Williamson or Kyle Smith, I can't remember who it was. Uh, but they wrote about the fact that when you get hired by National Review, they simply say two two articles a week or three articles a week. Mm-hmm. And what are my limitations? Write about whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and, and yeah. I when I you know and they may they may you know have an editor to look to make sure the punctuation's right. But mm. I, I can't remember who it was, but said they didn't change anything. You just I could write about whatever I wanted, and yeah. and I thought to and I thought to myself, wow, that's that's very rare that it that it happens when you have so many writers in a in fact, that might be unprecedented where you have that happening, and that's why you'll see a music. You know something on music and popular culture, or TV, yeah, or, yeah. or, or TV. I forget or, who was writing or, or, about right. uh, and and Yellowstone and, or something, yeah. But but it is the same thing as talk radio because, and we've talked about it, you know, throughout. I don't get it much anymore at all, but mm-hmm. we used to. Well, you know, do you really believe what you're saying, or you know, do you just tailor it? What do you mean tailor it? Yeah, like somebody's right. telling us, yeah, that you know your bosses are telling you what to do, and you go, no, that doesn't happen. Yeah, but you're owned by a major corporation. I go, it doesn't matter. The concept, even from a major corporation, is we want to hire you to do a show. We don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. You guys are the talk show hosts do it. Mm-hmm. And and that's what really happens. There is, I remember the guy who said, you guys are just getting fed your talking points. And, and We were owned by Disney at that point? We were owned, no, no, this was after that. Mm-hmm. This was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And because we, we uh, and, 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 uh, I, I, you know, I said, what do you think? Do you think that we actually, like at 930, I actually wrote back to him and said, do you think like at 930 in the morning we get talking points and then follow it? And he said, yes. Mm-hmm. 
No, actually, <laughs> that was that was a myth uh, being uh, basically thrown around the the, the liberal, uh, I, I guess, echo chamber at that time. Is that right. oh, these are all the talking points, talking points, talking points. Um, there, you'll hear a lot of the same comments, types of comments on on topics. If you if you were, and I don't listen to a ton of talk radio. Uh, but if you were to listen or watch Fox News, I guess, and, and listen to the commentary, you're going to hear the, the same types of opinions because it's people that think the same way. But it, it's, you know, that's one of the things that, that when they, you know, whether it's National Review or, or doing a talk show or something, you, it, it is, it, it definitely inspires creativity to no end, but it also, has a, I don't know if it's an unwritten rule, it's a very strict standard rule that that you have that responsibility of delivering to your audience, but also delivering to your audience in a responsible way. So you've got you've to make sure that you yeah. do it correctly. But by the time they hire you, they already know you can do that. But, it, but it still, every day is a very serious responsibility. If you take it seriously... Then you will. I will. Tell that you this, will be so part of your standard. Early in my career, I was always surprised that a company would hire me and just say, "Go say whatever you want on the air." Yeah. Early in my career, when it was like I didn't even have, you, you, I didn't have confidence in my ability to even do a talk show, mm-hmm. and it was like these companies yeah. are hiring you. It's like, oh, I'm faking it pretty good, and mm-hmm. and I I never got an FCC violation. And it's like, oh, okay, clients are still there and people advertise. Okay. Uh, but when I first got into talk radio, this back in 89, even in the 90s, you would get, remember, both the Republican uh, and Democratic Party would send you talking points. You'd actually get every yeah, morning the yeah. daily talking points, mm-hmm. and that's right. where it came from. I don't even know if they send out emails anymore. If they do, they don't call them talking points. Right. But I I don't get any. Yeah, and, and, in, in later years, it was almost like it was a conspiracy-type situation where, Okay, all the talking points have been sent out, and it wasn't like it was back in the day, and that just doesn't happen. That that hasn't happened for many many years, and it did come from the party. But the thing is, is that they kind of still do that. If you think through social media, it's not talking points per se, but they do send out. Okay, here's what we're on, you know, and that's just the way it is with both parties. Eight six six ninety red eye. It's not always easy to spring back from the harsh days of winter to warmer months ahead. From de-icing chemicals to hidden debris underneath snow and ice, winter conditions can do serious damage to your truck. Here's a must-do maintenance check to help you minimize downtime and stay rolling. Have your wheel alignment checked to set you up for a safer and smoother ride. Driving with incorrect wheel alignment can result in reduced performance, tread wear, and steering issues. While you're at it, Make sure your tires are properly inflated based on the load you're hauling. Underinflated tires can impact your fuel economy and result in blowouts. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed. 
Brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. Bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Cronin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, we do want to play because there were some great uh, – there was so much audio the other day uh, from Attorney General Merrick Garland being grilled on the politicalization of the Department of Justice. Uh, we have more of that uh, coming up. Uh, in fact, uh, we have – I said Tom Cotton. I don't know why I said Tom Cotton yesterday. It uh, was Josh Hawley uh, mm-hmm. and uh, some of his uh, uh, comments and uh, back and forth that uh, happened there that uh, we will uh, uh, get to and a whole bunch more. Bonus show. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. I'm going to. I didn't get a chance during uh, that break, but I need to get another cup of coffee. Didn't get a lot of sleep last night in in that sleep shift because of the storms that we're having and looking at them right now and where they are. I mean, this is a storm system that goes all the way up into. You know, the, the, you know, the, uh, as you look here, the, you know, middle of Missouri and, uh, the southern part of, of Illinois and, uh, the eastern part, the northeastern part of, uh, of Tennessee, uh, right now. But the, the part that hit us, uh, which was, uh, pretty intense, uh, is all the way through Arkansas now, right through the middle of heart of Arkansas and moving into the, uh, center of Louisiana right now, and uh, you know there aren't many, there there aren't a lot of storms here that make me go, okay, I can't go to sleep. This was one of them, and we didn't get the hail that they were talking about, but the straight mm-hmm. some of the straight line winds and gusts uh, 
Yeah. Uh, in the town I live in, 87 miles an hour, about seven. I, have, I live in a town that's really long, not wide, but really long. So 17 miles approximately above me is where you probably saw at uh, the tollway in uh, 183 where that uh, they had uh, uh, tractor trailers that were tipped over. Mm-hmm. And that's where they had the yeah. 87 mile an hour gusts. I don't believe, you know, I'm laying in bed and watching the TV and, you know, getting ready to run into the middle of the, the house somewhere. I don't think I got above 45 miles an hour, but everywhere else, I mean, it was just... Yeah, just north of here, they had those same gusts, and yeah. it was um, our engineer, Sean, was in the building. He was just checking out the building, making sure uh, that we had no damage here. But uh, where he lives, north of here, uh, he said there were, you know, shingles and everything from roofs. And, of course, when they get some sunlight on it tomorrow they'll be able to assess the damage further but uh yeah it was one of those systems that uh and i was watching it uh and and the the storms at first weren't producing like they thought they were going to um tornadoes and and then all of a sudden one or two of the cells just broke there were a couple of tornadoes that broke and then it just kind of went bonkers from there uh, the later the afternoon went on and into the evening and uh, became much more serious. But um, like north of here and into Oklahoma, up in the Sherman-Denison area of north Texas and then into Oklahoma uh, early on, they had some, some tornado warnings. And the hail uh, west of here is that storm system. There were two rounds. The second round of that building with a lot of gusty winds, that's really where the, the, the winds came in. The wind gusts came in, and a lot of the hail came from in that second round. So, yeah, it was a it was one of the, those days. And I, I thought to myself, well, you know, we're just in the first couple of days of March. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, that's um, when we get this. But we've had a mild, very mild winter. A couple of cold spells, a little bit of ice, but really... Uh, temperatures that uh, uh, quite often throughout the winter were much higher than average. And we're going to go, <laughs> now we're going to go up in temperature early next week and then plummeting down to um, slightly below average, I think, for right. this time of year. But, but yeah, so right now it's in the uh, the middle of Arkansas and it's, you know, it's, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. It can, it can be, uh, thank goodness there were no, there's no loss of life. Yeah. Here yeah, in, none uh, that we know in, of in it, Texas as, that we yeah, know of, yeah, yeah. as, as uh, we know, but uh, it's one to watch out. And when I posted it yesterday, just about it, uh, it you know, going to hit here, <laughs> some of our friends, our great listeners in Detroit went, you know, that's all coming up here, you know, and it's going to cause all this problem hmm. up in the Northeast. Yeah. My father says that to me all the time. He says, you damn people down in Texas, you know how many storms start down there and end up up here? <laughs> yeah. Well, if we if you're not going to allow us to secede, we're going to cause weather problems for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's amazing how big this system is, and yeah. it isn't over. It's it's going to be uh, parts of the Ohio Valley on Friday, um, but it has moved east, and uh, and it's going to continue that uh, east and northward turn and uh, path. All right, yesterday we played uh, some of the uh, the audio uh, of uh, Congress um, going after the politicalization of the Department of Justice. 
and we had played uh, Ted Cruz's comment yesterday. Uh, and there's so much audio. There's so much because this went on for hours upon hours upon hours. Mm-hmm. We've had to be selective, but uh, they went after Garland. They went after him big time. Let's play Senator Josh Hawley and his back and forth uh, between himself and the Attorney General. Attorney General Garland, let, let me just ask you, d- does your department have a problem with anti-Catholic bias? Our department um, is uh, 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 protects all religions um, and all ideologies. It does not have uh, any uh, bias against any religion of any kind. Well, you could have surprised me, because given the resources that you are expending and the apparently intelligence assets that you are deploying against Catholics, it appears, and other people of faith, while simultaneously turning a blind eye while people are executed gang-style in the streets of our cities, including in my home state, your answer, frankly, surprises me. Let's talk about the Mark Houck case, for example. You've been asked about this already today, and frankly, your answers really astound me. This is a case where a Catholic pro-life demonstrator, father, was accused of disorderly conduct in front of an abortion center, The local prosecutor, the Philadelphia district attorney, who is a Democrat, a liberal, very progressive, declined to prosecute. There was a private suit that got dismissed. And then after all of that, your Justice Department sent between 20 and 30 armed agents in the early morning hours to the Houck's private residence to arrest this guy after... He had offered to turn himself in voluntarily. Here's the photo. Once again, you can see the long guns. You can see the ballistic shields. You can see that they're wearing bulletproof vests. Why did the Justice Department do this? Why did you send 20 to 30 SWAT-style agents and a SWAT-style team to this guy's house when everybody else had declined to prosecute and he'd offered to turn himself in? Determinations of how to make arrests under arrest warrants are made based uh, by the tactical operators um, in the uh, district. They are not but you surely looked into it by this point, right? They, you, you know the answer, surely. They, all I know is what uh, the FBI has said, which is that they made the decisions on the ground as to what was safest and easiest. So you do not agree with your description of what happened on the scene. You don't agree with my description. I'm pointing out what the photo is. There are agents here who have long guns and ballistic shields. Let's take a look at the hardened criminals that your Justice Department sent these armed agents to go terrorize on that morning. Here they are. Here they are at mass. Here's the seven children with Mr. Houck and his wife. In this early morning, they were all at home. Mrs. Houck has said repeatedly the children were screaming they feared for their lives you've got these agents demanding that he come out they've got the gun she said pointing at the house and at them he has offered to turn himself in and this is who you go to terrorize what's really interesting to me is this seems to directly contradict your own memorandum about the use of force at the justice department you say Officers may use only the force that is objectively reasonable to effectively control an incident. Are you telling me that in your opinion as Attorney General, it was objectively necessary to use 20 or 30 SWAT-style agents with long guns and ballistic shields for these people? 
What I'm saying is that decisions about how to go about this were made on the ground by FBI agents. So you're saying you don't know? I'm, I'm saying what I just said. Which is that you're abdicating responsibility? I'm not abdicating responsibility. Then give me the answer. Is Do you think, in your opinion, you are the Attorney General of the United States. You are in charge of the Justice Department. And yes, sir, you are responsible. The so F give me an answer. The FBI does not agree with your description. I'm not asking about the FBI. You are the Attorney General. Give me your answer. Do you think that it was objectively reasonable and they followed your guidelines in sending... 20 to 30 armed agents to terrorize these people. Yes or no? The facts I have, which are those presented by the FBI, are not consistent with your description. So you think it was reasonable? I'm saying the facts are not as you describe. What, that the children weren't there? That there, wasn't, that there weren't long guns there? That there weren't agents? What, wasn't, what, what do you dispute? What's the factual premise you dispute? FBI Be specific. FBI said they don't agree with your description of... Be um, specific. They don't agree with what? Of of how many agents, of the agents who were there, and of what their roles were. They don't agree. Do you know That's the jury in this case acquitted Mr. Houck? I'm sure you're aware. Do you know how long it took him? I, I am aware, and we respect the decision of the jury. Do you know how long it took him? I don't know. One hour. One hour. Philadelphia District Attorney declines to prosecute. The private suit's dismissed. You use an unbelievable show of force with guns that I just note liberals usually decry. We're supposed to hate long, long guns and assault-style weapons. You're happy to deploy them against Catholics and innocent children. Happy to. And then you haul them into court, and a jury acquits him in one hour. I just suggest to you that that is a disgraceful performance by your Justice Department and a disgraceful use of resources. I notice a pattern, though. The FBI field office in Richmond on the 23rd of January of this year issued a memorandum in which they advocated for, and I quote, the exploration of new avenues for tripwire and source development against traditionalist Catholics, it's their, their language, including those who favor the Latin mass. <laughs> Attorney General, are you cultivating sources and spies in Latin mass parishes and other Catholic parishes around the country? No, the Justice Department does not do that. It does not um, um, do investigations based on religion. I saw the document you have. What did it's you do about appalling. it? It's appalling. It's appalling. I'm in complete agreement with you. I understand that the FBI has withdrawn it, and it's now looking into how this could ever have happened. How did it happen? That's what they're looking into. But I'm totally in agreement with you. That document is appalling. I'll tell you how it happened. The... This memorandum, which is supposed to be intelligent, cites extensively the Southern Poverty Law Center, which goes on to identify all of these different Catholics as being part of hate groups. Is, is this how the FBI, under your direction and leadership, is, is this how they do their intelligence work? They look, they look at left-wing advocacy groups to target Catholics? Is this what's going on? I mean, clearly it is. How is this happening? The FBI is not targeting Catholics, and, and as I've said, this is... an uh, an inappropriate memorandum, and it doesn't reflect the methods that the FBI is supposed to be using. You know, that's, and that's the problem, is that he agreed that it's appalling, and you can't ignore the fact that, you know, and you and I have talked about this before, is it a conspiracy theory that's going on between liberals, or is it a culture? And that's a culture from that FBI field office where they had no problem, something that the, and this is the whole thing where it says, we don't do this, we do everything right. Then he admits something is so incredibly outrageous. We're not targeting Catholics, yet this is so outrageous because you're targeting Catholics that may and 
as a Catholic myself, I don't understand the tie-in mm. between that and the Latin Mass. I mean, I, I have no idea where that's going. But the Mark Howe case we've talked about before, we talked about it uh, yesterday. This is a guy who's a sidewalk counselor, and somebody came up and threatened and intimidated, you know, to his young son. And so I guess he pushed him, shoved him. Yeah. And so everybody, you know, the Philadelphia prosecutor who was somebody on the, you know, again, the the far left, as Philadelphia prosecutors are, Mm -hmm. many of them are, uh, declined to prosecute. Couldn't get anything there. Then the Justice Department said, okay, we're going to go into this. There's, uh, you know, you know, there may be a warrant. And he said, I'll turn myself in. Yeah. You want me to turn myself in? I'll turn myself in. With his attorney. With his attorney. Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. I will turn myself in peacefully. And instead, they raid the home. You follow that up with the uh, Richmond Field Office and talking about getting, you know, sources and methods. Uh, and the question that, that Holly asks is a legit question. Do you have sources inside the Catholic Church trying to find radicals? Well, we don't target religions. The memo says you do, and you've called it appalling. It was it was a really bad moment. Really well, here's bad the moment. thing. He saw the memo, calls it appalling, but doesn't say it's fake. He doesn't no. deny no, no, he the says authenticity it. of the memo. Oh, it's appalling. Yeah, it is appalling, and you're in charge. It's your responsibility. It all stops with you. You know, here's the thing. The other day he, he mentions, well, you know, the men and women of the of the Department of Justice. And then he throws them under the bus repeatedly. Oh, the agents did that. The agents made that call. I don't do that. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Progressive Commercial Insurance protects truck owners with specialized coverages. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. You'll want to hear this Hershey's chocolate story coming up. Top of the hour news is brought to you by House Products. Visit houseproducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want. If you can't listen live to one of our great radio stations overnight. Well, uh, another uh, reason to believe, another indication that uh, Biden will run for president. Yeah. And it uh, happened uh, yesterday where Biden said he will not veto 
the resolution to overturn the District of Columbia law that eases sentences on carjackings, burglaries, and other felonies if it passes the uh, the Senate. Mm. And it looks like it will pass the Senate. The media just sort of starting to pick up now how Diane Feinstein's in the hospital, so is Fetterman. Yeah, right. And it's like, uh-oh, Manchin and Tester aren't voting that way. So huh, Republicans have an advantage right now in the Senate. Yeah, and you saw on the on the ESG bill, you had uh, uh, both Tester. We talked about this yesterday. Both uh, now the president's going to veto that, but both Tester and Manchin both voted uh, the the other way, voted with Republicans, mm-hmm. and on the DC bill to soften the sentences on major crimes that even the mayor. Of Washington, she vetoed it. Yeah, right. and they they overrode her veto, mm. and uh, you had thirty one Democrats in the House vote with the Republicans. Yeah, you can tell it's election time because that doesn't happen. We're it, it, this, tough on crime, right? Yep, mm-hmm. yep. And so, as recently as yesterday, I went back and looked. Kareem Jean Pierre wasn't answering the question specifically about, you know, is the president going to veto it? Now, they didn't say before that he would. Right. Uh, I mean, all the stories, even yesterday before he said it, and the day before we're talking about how he's going to veto the ESG bill and the D.C. crime bill. Mm -hmm. And he reversed it. And I think two days ago they must have been having the discussion because Green Jean-Pierre said, well, I'm not going to get into hypotheticals, but this is why the president believes that Washington, uh, the, the D.C. should be a state. It's like, okay, so you're saying he's going to veto it then. Right. Because you believe they should be autonomous and be able to do whatever they wish to uh, to do. And then he comes out yesterday and says he's not going to veto it. And then this question was asked to Kareem Jean-Pierre. This is just great. <laughs> Here's the second half of that question, which is, why should Americans believe the White House when it says it doesn't support something when the president's going to sign it no less? I think what the, the, the American people, who I just mentioned to to, uh, uh, to one of your colleagues, I think the American people know who Joe Biden is. I think. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> that he changes his mind constantly? Whichever way the political winds are blowing? Is that what I mean? Yeah. What, what yeah. Do you, <laughs> God. And Democrats are just furious. Yeah. Uh, Mediaite.com uh, had this. It said, President Joe Biden surprised Democratic lawmakers on Thursday by telling them he would sign a resolution overturning a new law in Washington, D.C. The law, which the district council passed over the veto of Mayor Bowser, eases penalties for a variety of criminal offenses, including violent, major violent crimes. The House of Representatives passed a resolution to overturn the law, but it still required the approval of the Senate. It still requires the approval of the Senate. Last month, 173 uh, Democrats voted against the measure, setting a respect for D.C. home rule 
31 Democrats joined Republicans in voting to overturn, which makes it a major bipartisan piece of legislation in the House. Yeah. Biden informed Democrats attending a Senate lunch on Thursday he will sign the resolution if it gets to his desk, thus overturning the D.C. law. As word spread after the meeting, some Democrat lawmakers were unhappy, to say the least. The White House F this up royally, an anonymous House Democrat texted the Hill. The lawmaker noted Biden previously said he supports D.C.'s right to self-governance and would oppose the very kind of resolution uh, he now says he would sign. Mm. So a lot of us who are allies voted no in order to support the white what the White House wanted, and now we're being hung out to dry, the lawmaker added. Mm-hmm. Effing amateur hour. Head should roll over the uh, over at the White House over this. Mm. You mean the president? No. It's his decision. Right. Unless what this Democrat is stating is that Biden is not in charge. <laughs> well, is that what he's implying? Biden is not in charge? Democrat. The Democrat stated all the <laughs> makers are extremely PO'd about Biden's comments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love this go. Then he wants it both ways here. The president took to Twitter on Thursday to reiterate what he told lawmakers privately. I support D.C. statehood and home rule, but I don't support some of the changes the D.C. council has put forward over the mayor's objections. Then you don't support statehood and home rule. Right. Because if if home rule is about the fact that the D.C. council can overrule the mayor, that's mm-hmm. still home rule. Right. What you're saying is I'm trying to play it both ways. What you're trying to say is, I would actually vote against the bill. Or, yeah. Excuse me. I would. I, I would actually vote for the bill. I would mm-hmm. veto this bill. Right. So you can lessen the crimes in D.C. But I'm running for president, and I have to be tough on crime again. Right. I can't be the defund the police guy that I was. In the summer of 2020. And thank God I have Mayor Bowser to back me up in this case. Yeah, exactly. But but everybody knows. The Democrats know it's BS. That's why they're furious. Of course. (laughs) Here it is. And this is Mediaite there. This is the liberal media watchdog. They they look at conservative media most of the time and... Mm -hmm. And and they try to find you know hypocrisy in the conservative media. Yeah. By, and here's what they're right. Biden's pledge to abide by D.C.'s self governance appears at odds with his promise to overturn laws passed by the district. <laughs> you know. You know. <laughs> God, that's hilarious. and sorry. You know. It, it's it really started at the State of the Union where he was screaming, "We don't need to defund the police. We need to fund them, fund them, fund them, fund them." You know, it's it's the, this disingenuous, contrived stance that they're taking. Mm-hmm. You know, because they need to reshape things and redirect things. Yep. 
they is, see the they see the crime. They see the numbers. Oh well, we're gonna do something about that. Yeah, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're part of the cause. I this mean, is a guy. This is a guy who still really hasn't decided if he's going to go and visit a train derailment that spilled chemicals in a community, and they still have no idea the full effect. This is a guy who well, he's, refused for the longest time to go to the border, and when he did, he really didn't go to the border. Well, I think the the perfect thing was yesterday, not only this, but when he came out and said, yeah, I'm going to go to East Palestine at some, uh, in, at in, some in, point in, in, in the indeterminate future. part of yeah. A place in the future after a few days ago saying he has no plans to go exactly <laughs> uh i i i will go and but it's too late and now mm. that he's going to wait it's like well, how long well, is going to wait i mean he i <laughs> if he would finish the sentence he would just say if i wanted to see a train wreck i'd go visit hunter yeah exactly uh, i just i mean it's just <laughs> And Democrats are like furious over the, you know, they're furious over the White House response. And and I think, you know, the I think actually what set him off was his stubbornness not want to go not wanting to go to East Palestine because he was being told he had to go and he doesn't like being he told doesn't what like to do. being told what to do. Right. And I think that's where the fury started because we covered all the media that's still pounding on that, the liberal media, because they know it's a political disaster. Because you take something, as we stated, we stated this early on before anybody, I, I believe before anybody else, we said, well, the, the, when this first happened, this mm-hmm. is insanity. This yeah. is everything that the Democrats want. It's an environmental disaster that hurts regular people in the heartland, mm-hmm. and it's the big bad companies destroying the environment and not doing their job. And Democrats in the media are like, you got to be all over this. No, I'm not going to go. No, we're not going to talk about it for over two weeks. I feel like it. (laughs) And so I think really this set many, this just set them off because they're just say, they they just went, what the hell are you doing? You know, you you said over and over again, you told us, and at the last minute, when it looks like the Senate has the votes to pass it, now you say, I'm not going to veto? Yeah. This 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 bill? Well, of course. Of course he's not going to veto the bill because he has to be tough on crime. And so he says this is a this is typical White House and expect Corinne Jean-Pierre to talk about it this way uh in in the future. Mm. The president supports DC statehood and home rule. But he just doesn't support some of the changes put forth by the DC council. Well, then you don't support support the home rule. You don't support it. Stop it. And Democrats are finally, you know, it's Democrats that are furious about this going, stop it. You can't have it both ways. You're saying you're for one thing and you're not. And then the president's saying that Mm -hmm. is why the reporter said, wait a minute. He's talking out of both sides of his mouth here. Yeah. Well, and her and her answer is, well, everybody knows who Joe Biden is. Yeah, that's the point I'm bringing up to you. <laughs> no, I mean that's her best answer. Well, you know, I mean, you know, Joe Biden, guys. I mean, 
Come on. You know who you're talking about, right? Oh, gosh. This is. I'm telling you, it is entertaining watching this. It, it, if it wasn't so serious, it might be funny. It, it's just, it has to be maddening internally. Because I, I really now, I I would bet money that I'm right, that internally, there the frustration is all over the place because he's just defiant at every turn. I mean, I can see the conversation going this way. Joe Biden says, you know, I think I should go to East Palestine. And then someone else in the room says, yes, you should go. You're not telling me what to do. I'm not going to go I'll now. go when I want. I just love it. No, I mean, that's that's who he is. But to say yesterday, I'm going to go, I just don't know when. Yeah. <laughs> when you announce you're going to go, you say when. What did you expect from a guy who, while he was campaigning, trying to earn votes, starts screaming at an auto worker, Fighting with the guy on a campaign stop. Not debating and saying, well, you know, I hear your concern and blah, blah. No, he he was, <laughs> I was waiting for him to roll up his sleeves and say, come on, Jack, come at me. Uh, and And they didn't see this? <laughs> Have you guys been paying attention at all? 86690 red eye surviving and thriving as an owner operator has just as much to do with managing costs as it does with generating revenue like the chief financial officer of any company you have to be concerned about rising costs especially without increases in revenue trying to reduce costs let alone make sense of them can be a complicated task understanding basic principles of operating costs can save you thousands of dollars a year a penny saved could be $1,000 earned. Saving just one penny per mile over 100,000 miles driven annually will deliver $1,000 to the bottom line at the end of the year. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Personalized savings on commercial truck insurance. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690. I would think that they would have to, the, the pressure coming from the, uh, the, the, the Democrats for the president to visit uh, East Palestine and, and, and the media has to be unbelievable right now. Yeah, now that the yeah. president says, well, I'm going to go, I just don't know when. Well, it, uh, I it, mean, that, that it, makes I, it worse. Yeah, I, I would think that by today they would have to settle on some kind of date. There, well, it, it's honestly, then, uh, you know, I said it earlier this week, but it, if I were advising inside the White House, I would tell them, you're just going to have to ignore it. Because when you go now, it looks so <laughs> bad. The story is, the story is, the headline is, Finally, right. Look what it took to get him to East right. Palestine. Yeah. That's the headline. Right. The, it, but he he puts himself into a, a damned if you do or damned if you don't and situation. You, and you can't undo what's already done unless you've got a time machine. This ain't going to be fixed. I, I, when I saw that yesterday, I, I burst out laughing. I'm like. 
I'm going to go, but oh my gosh, I don't know when. when. I, saw the, when I, saw I mean, that I, I, just, I was like, no, it oh, was this has to be the Battle on me or something. A, a few days ago, <laughs> well, I've got no plans to visit. Yeah. I mean, you just, honestly, just pick something and stick with it. Because now this is just like the botched exit of Afghanistan in terms of the response to the media. Because... We were waiting that Sunday night, that weekend, that 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 uh, we were that the the exit of Afghanistan happened. And Sunday night, we were expecting, okay, everybody's out, and so he's going to make a statement. He didn't make a statement. He had vacation. to be bothered to come back off of vacation. Well, then he turns his back, goes right back to vacation, and everybody's screaming, "Where are you going?" And then he's forced to come back and do a sit down interview. Well, I really wonder. I mean, that I was that's I was going right. I was right in the direction you were going. If he comes out tomorrow and says, "Yes, I've decided that I'm going to visit uh, a week from Monday after I get back from a, another week's vacation," <laughs> well, or you might as well just say, "I'll go on the one year anniversary <laughs> during election year." I mean, seriously, <laughs> I'm going to go during primary time. Because because there's no way to to undo the damage right now, and that is going to be the headline. Finally, he goes. We're going to do a flyover, but it'll be from Air Force One at thirty nine thousand feet. No, we're going to do a flyover, and I'm not going to even be in the plane. It's not going to even be a plane. It's going to be a drone. <laughs> Say a balloon. Right, exactly. We're gonna, we're gonna. Our friends from China are gonna use one well, of their balloons to fly you, over it, so we can get some pictures well, of it. You can understand because the frustration with the Democrats uh, over this, and then I think it just blew up with some Democrats when he said he was, you know, not going to veto. You know, the if the Senate uh, passes our law, he's not going to yeah, veto that bill right. concerning uh, the, um, you know, the District of uh, the D.C. Uh, board mm-hmm. uh, wanting to lessen the sentences for violent crimes right uh i think at that point they just went what the hell's going on i mean it's just all over the place right right you know who's who's leading in the white house who is in charge when when i saw that one i'm like oh they're wondering who's in charge right democrats are What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. The fourth branch of government, Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. If uh, you'd like to uh, chat this morning. Well, there it is. Hershey's faces backlash over putting a trans woman on a candy bar wrapper for International Women's Day. 
Yeah. Her for she, yes. it says on the wrapper. Yes. And her, she. So congratulations, ladies. The men have taken over International Women's Day. Yes. What what are we going to celebrate on International Women's Day? Men. Mm-hmm. It's about damn time. Yeah. <laughs> Man. And I'm sure it's being celebrated all over the world, right? Yes. I mean, it is International Women's Day. Yep. And I'm sure that this rapper is, oh, it's only in Canada. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because uh, go ahead and take that to other nations. Go ahead. Put that out. See what happens. See what kind of feedback you get. Maybe it would be positive feedback all over the world. Yes. Like social media users uh, slam the candy company uh, after it uh, debuted. Mm-hmm. Uh, disturbed Twitter uh, users hammered the new ad mm-hmm. for presenting a, gen- a transgender woman as Hershey's representation of the pro-female celebration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh there were quite a few, uh, apparently, tweets that said, why does Hershey hate women? Yeah, right. And that would be the question. As we've said before, the incredible femophobia and misogyny of the movement, which now Hershey's Chocolate presents, this is hate towards women by the Democrat standard of what hate is. Now, I don't know if they did... Uh special rappers on International Women's Day before. But wow, if they didn't, and then the first one they do has a man on it. (laughs) I'd have to check into that. I honestly don't know if they've done it before. But ladies, look, you had a good run. Yeah, yeah. It's about time that... You saw the power lifter uh, that, uh, that won the case against the organization, transgender. And so... Where? You know, power lifting. Where? Uh, that was somewhere here in, in the U.S. And it was a power lifting organization. You know, the, those are the, uh, the, the lifters who just, you know, your, your whole goal is just to get the weight. You're not a, a bodybuilder or anything like that. You're just, it's a power lifting competition. Then there was a lawsuit, and they decided that lawsuit against the organization, so they have to allow transgenders to compete with females. Men, biological men, have to be allowed to compete. Well, you know, I mean, because if you can't make it in the, in the uh, in male powerlifting, then what do you do? Well, you, you go... Compete against the ladies. And yeah. I'm sure there's going to be all the celebration of the all the records being set and everything else, right? Well, wait a minute. Is, isn't is lifting for women unladylike? Yeah, there's that. Look, since everybody else is being, you know, misogynist, yeah. you can, you can, I'm thinking about the Seinfeld episode, remember? Good naked and bad naked. Yeah, <laughs> where, right. Where she... <laughs> Where she flexes her muscles, but then again, Jerry also was bad naked too. So, it, well, it was it was it was it was equality of bad nakedness and and 
muscles appearing when you <laughs> when you put stress on them and yeah. how unattractive it is. Right. <laughs> Either way, but uh, you know, you you um, you know, you had that yet, which of course is you know, and and that's why we have said, look, we've been talking about this for the longest time, and we said, oh, before we're attacked, we'll we'll be on the offense, we'll attack them before anybody dares call us transgenders or hate mongers in any way, which we are not, mm-hmm. we will point out that the hate mongers and the female hate is in the liberal transgender activist movement. The misogyny, the femophobia that exists, they are the ones that created this. Here's the uh, story from NBC News. USA Powerlifting, they're the organization, lost a two-year court battle this week after a judge ruled that it had discriminated against a transgender athlete, this is male-to-female transgender, J.C. Cooper, by banning J.C. from competing in women's competition. The ruling also mandated that the sports organization, quote, cease and desist from all unfair discriminatory practices, end quote, but... What is court that not, is this? Is that not unfair to and yeah. discriminatory to women? Yeah, what court was it? Uh, doesn't mention. This is NBC News. Hold on a second. Uh, Monday's court ruling. Hold on a sec. I'll find it. Okay. Why are you asking? Well, because it's going to be appealed. Oh sure, it's going yeah, to be. Appealed. Yeah, I, I, it's I, not I, the Supreme Court. Oh, I know. I just wondered what yeah, level. No, I it's, just wondered. It's always going to. Be but I wonder what yeah, level is. Is is it state? Is it local? Is it federal? That's what I wondered. Well, if, no, I think this is yeah. going to get to the Supreme Court. No, no, but I mean, this case was mm-hmm. it local? Yeah, I don't state, know. federal. I don't know. Yeah. But there's no doubt that's it's going to be. It's, this is going to go all the way to. You're going to see a lot more cases like this go all the way. Oh to yeah, the top. yeah, and and for good reason because. This court is saying, and I want to see where the where they mention the judge. And it's, what's what's funny is normally in these stories, they mention the judge in the court in the first couple of paragraphs. This, but this is the problem that the left has: is that it is going to go to court, and it is going to be found unfair and discriminatory against women. That's what it's going to come down to. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to get, you know, this is this is the thing is that there will be some organizations that just, you know, do it. Now, the, re, the interesting cases will be the female, the biological female athletes who take it to court. Wait for that to happen. And take it all the way to the Supreme Court that we're being discriminated against. Because they're allowing men to compete in our sport. Now, the question would be if, you know, like um, uh, you've mentioned a couple of times the PGA. PGA does allow women to compete. I mean, you have yeah. to qualify for for it. You have to be able to compete. You have, to hit, women, from the, you have to hit from the same tees. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. can compete. But there's a reason that they have the LPGA. So that women are competing against women. Now, how long before an organization comes along and says, all right, 
uh, transgenders can be can compete in the ladies organization, and then female athletes take that to court. I don't think that's very long. There may be a, a case in the court already filed. I haven't seen one. Okay, it looks be. like this was a county court. Okay, because says uh, in 2019, Cooper through gender justice filed a discrimination claim with the Minnesota Department of Human Rights against USA Powerlifting for banning uh, him and all other, because it's not a her, it's a him, Mm -hmm. and all the other trans women athletes from competing in women's competitions. Mm -hmm. Then in 2021, the team filed a lawsuit against the organization in Ramsey County. Mm -hmm. I was fed up with the way I was being treated. I was fed up with the way that my community was being treated, and enough is enough, Cooper said. With the ruling, including a cease and desist on U.S. power lifting of all unfair discriminatory practices because of sexual orientation and the request for uh, uh, the agency to submit a revised policy, this is a win. Um, okay, but again, it's, they they said county court. Uh, well, and they filed, said, yeah, they were yeah. saying it, it was filed in the, it, in the county. But it looks like this is a state court, not a federal court. Okay. In the statement, USA Powerlifting's president said they will ex- be exploring options, including the appeal. The statement is below. USA Powerlifting has been involved in litigation in Minnesota mm-hmm. involving participation of transgender women in competitive powerlifting. Our position has been aimed at balancing the needs of cis and transgender women whose uh, capacities differ significantly in purely strength sports. We have received a summary judgment uh, decision from the court finding us liable for discrimination. We respectively disagree with the court's conclusions. We are considering all of our options, including appeal. By the way, at this particular point, this is when, you know, I don't know what type of money it costs to to do this, but this is when one of those legal organizations should do this pro bono. Yeah, you might you know, see that. Because you, you, want to, you want to take this right up to the Supreme Court is what you want to do. Right. Yeah. Because then... then as the WNBA is gone. Well, no, that's WNBA, the first thing WNBA I, is gone. That uh, we asked the question: What if someone of uh, LeBron James caliber decided he just wanted to become? A, he's going to go through a transition, and he wants to play in the WNBA. Not even LeBron James. Anybody that can't make the NBA or mm-hmm. can't make the sure. B League can't make it overseas. Sure, but I, I use that because it would be such a standout. It would be such a a, a a a massive standout in the talent comparison. Now, comparing him to other NBA players, you can make that case. But if he just decides he wants to live as a woman and then go play in the WNBA, what happens? He makes a lot less money. Not about the money, about making the statement. Making the statement. And yeah. that, that's why I brought up, you know, you're, you're talking about people that, you're talking about men that cannot make a living. This is where it goes. Men who cannot make a living because they're not one of the top, you know, 5,000 men athletes in a particular sport. Right. But they can easily defeat women mm-hmm. and they can make money doing it. Right. But this is where the next, where it would go this is where it would go next. So. Because my question would be like in powerlifting. But does the organization have a rule about how much testosterone can be? Because do they check female athletes for uh, testosterone, right? 
which would imply that you have testosterone, some kind of testosterone enhancing. Yeah, it was a Ramsey County Court District judge. So you have the the comparison of you know uh, doping or using or using uh, hormone treatment, mm-hmm. right? Does that violate the rule in any way? Well, what about the natural state of a biological male and their hormone versus a female hormone's natural state if neither one are, are using anything outside to influence their hormones? Well, then what happens then? Is that a fair comparison? If the female athletes can't use testosterone injections, but the male, biological male, comes in and naturally has a lot more testosterone. You're telling yeah. me that's fair. Well, it's not fair even if you a, a male goes through hormone treatments. Right. Because they're still bigger. Right. And and so it, because, do, it, yeah, it doesn't matter. Because their natural right. hormones the women, develop that way. But when, exactly. you, when you think about this being celebrated in Minnesota, the hatred of the left towards women, seriously, the femophobia, the misogyny, the the sexism that is so blatant here that is supported by the mainstream of the Democratic Party, understand this. Mm-hmm. You would think that some of the women in the Democratic Party would be furious. They're all for it. You know who didn't agree with it? Mm. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. No, she didn't. She didn't agree with this at all. Nope. And it, it's like the women, I said the women's movement. And Gloria Steinem came out, the women's movement. Whoever thought Gloria Steinem would, would she Steinem would fold because the man says so. You, you pack it up and go home. It's it's, it's over. Like, it's because if, if she's done, and, and really, in terms of uh, icon, right, of, of the women's movement, uh, on that front, mm-hmm. the icon's a big word. I'm just saying what they would, no, what the I, left no, would say, yeah. you know, in terms of that. And, and you could say the same for RBG. Then these two individuals are, now, you know, RBG never changed her position, by the way. Nope, never. I never saw where he, she changed her position. I wonder what the left thinks about that or if they know. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Join the conversation. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Horning. I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up on the top of the hour, another story, too, on the liberal transgender activist movement around the corner. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. 
Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the entire planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. Oh, my gosh. I nearly was having a protein shake there during the break. I nearly spit it up when I just read this headline. Biden's translator leaves the White House. It's like, what? Yeah. And, and that that was, uh, uh, even though she was on the other day, that was about mm. Kate uh, Bedingfield, the, the White House communications director. Uh, right. You know, yeah. but it was when I just saw Biden's translator. <laughs> you know. Oh, my. Actually, the translator, because she's only on once in a while, the translator of Biden is actually uh, Corrine Jean, and we came up with this by accident earlier this week, repair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, here's the question. Does he need a different type of translator? Because, <laughs> you know, this, what's the, the, the which I, I put the, which, nobody, gonna, no. which is what I, did, no, with, with the, you know, the thing. Nobody can do it. Uh, you know, you and I had said, well, we said this months ago, they should have put Kirby in there instead of Kareem Jean-Pierre. But he even comes across with, you can't defend this guy. He's impossible. He's actually harder. You know, you, you look at it uh, and, um, you know, they had, <laughs> you know, Trump had some horrible spokespeople. The mooch for a day or two. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, but uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was excellent. But even at some point, she just quit having daily press events <laughs> oh yeah exactly no 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 you're right no they you're right they did they yeah. didn't hold them you're right but they yeah. they uh they didn't they just uh, said eh, forget it but he's you know uh it, it's just uh it's horrible and has been since the very uh very beginning even jen saki was horrible she was better than kareen jean pierre but again everything is relative well you know it hit me uh for some reason uh, uh, and I was reading a story yesterday, and then the thought, oh, it was the, when, when it came across that um, he might visit East Palestine, and you know, at some point in the future. There's a possibility. And it could happen. The response he gave when he was asked a question the other day, I, I don't have time, I don't have, it, it really is, he is the, hey, kids, get out of my yard president. I was just reading a piece on National Review. I think it was Dan McLaughlin. Um, how old is <laughs> Joe Biden? And then they go through. Hold on. Uh, they they go through. There it is. Uh, all right. How old is Joe Biden? They give these these examples of um, of like you know like when he started serving in the Senate, you could go get a Coke and a. And a burger at McDonald's for forty three cents. You know, Jimi Hendrix was alive. Yeah, right. No, I don't. I don't know. I'm trying to think. He was it sixty nine or seventy that that uh, Biden started in the Senate. I can't remember. Yeah, uh, uh, or was it later? Can't. I just. I, just, I want to say it was early seventies. A year or two later. I don't have it in front of me, but yeah. And so they, you know, they. They point out all these 
And what's interesting is that they're they're pointing out, you know, so, and they have other other articles that at uh, National Review have pointed out how old, you know, the fact that he's the first octogenarian uh, and a president, and then that it will play into his age. Definitely will play into twenty twenty four. His age played into twenty twenty. There's no way it's not going to play into the next election. And so, you know, but they make all these comparisons. But he really has become in his responses. The, you kids get out of my head. Don't tell me what to do. And his, even his own personal lawyers. He just can't deal with the fact that other people are giving him advice. Yeah, 72, he became a senator. He yeah, started in politics yeah. in 70. Yeah, so. yeah. He uh, was on the Newcastle County Council. Yeah. So that was before he decided. What is influencing, uh, 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 influence uh, peddling like at that level? <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you get Well, at the lo- for influence at, at well, the local level? Well, at, 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 let's put it this way. At a level lower than president, mm-hmm. influence peddling many times is investigated by the FBI as bribery what we used to call it <laughs> hey here's a little money you know if we could get a ask the former governor <clears throat> governors of illinois <laughs> <laughs> you can ask pretty much anyone that's still living uh the um yeah the I, i'm guessing you know at the at the city level it's uh hey uh we need some uh you know potholes to be fixed Here's a, here's an unsaid amount of money. I'm just going to scoot that over there. It's not mine. I don't know who left it over there. Um, those, you know, you think about the fact that, getting back to his age, that there really hasn't, I mean, the focus has been, I, it's the unsaid blue whale in the, in the living room. We talked about it in 2020. Everybody talked about it in 2020. Uh, but the left really isn't addressing that at all on the age thing. Well, that, they they are in a way that everything is fine. Yeah, that's, he's as, that's what he, I mean. He's as good as anybody else serving in that position. That's while what, while seventy five percent of Americans believe there's something wrong with them. The latest it, it, survey this week, and and that's it. Is that it's the it, and that's what I mean by the <clears throat> blue whale in the living room. They won't come out and say it. You know, it's and and it's very clear. Everybody knows it. They've known it since the beginning, since he was going to run, announced he was going to run in 2019. And so he will be uh, on Election Day. He will be just days away from becoming 82 next year. He'll turn 82 not long after election day those are the those are the things that and there are plenty of 82 year olds that are in their prime <laughs> that mentally uh don't have the issues that he has whatever issues whatever's causing those issues there are plenty of 82 year olds that don't have that mm-hmm. But it is the real question that everybody's asking and has been asking for a long time. Look, the the Democrats had no problem bringing it up with Ronald Reagan. And he was younger. And he was younger. Well, um, 
when you uh, when you look at everything right now that liberalism is selling or the administration is selling, for example, the border is secure. Everyone knows it's a lie. How many times have we said what's unique to this presidency that you would never see in a Republican presidency is the fact that, you know, there's Corrine Jean-Pierre up there and she's or Kirby. And we had said this over the last couple of weeks. I don't know, probably 10 times Hmm. for 10 different issues. She's speaking and she knows she's lying. The press corps knows she's lying. Mm -hmm. The people of the United States know that she's lying. She knows that everybody knows. Everybody knows that she's lying. And they still continue to lie because no one will come out directly and bluntly and and, and say it. You know, I, I happened to on YouTube yesterday, the uh, the Carlin thing came up about uh, political correctness. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he said is, you know, now we don't talk about the fact that people lie. We talk about disinformation. We don't use that word In, lie. Interest, that word, interesting that he said you, that back then. Yeah, back then. And, and, I, and I said, you know, something because there is and, – and his whole point was – when you say the word lie, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a hard word. Yeah. And, and he goes through, a, you know, political correctness in general that you say, well, it's disinformation. No, it's a damn lie. Mm-hmm. When you say that, that, and I added the damn in there, but, but it's very, I, I did it for effect. You go, if somebody says that and that those two words are used together many times, you go, whoa, wow. Mm-hmm. If you say, well, they're engaging in disinformation. It seems right. to soften it. Right. But that's why we say lie. But right. when we say lie, we get specific with what the lie is and explain precisely. Because if you're going to accuse somebody of, of being a liar, you better damn well have done your homework. Well, that's you, how we view it. If you believe they're a liar, you shouldn't worry about softening it and you shouldn't worry about right. possibly hurting their feelings. There's a reason when you say the when you look at someone and say you're a liar. <laughs> That's it will stop a room. Well, yeah, because if if you looked at me and said, "Gary, you're a liar," mm-hmm. I'd go, "Whoa!" If you said, uh, "Gary, on your talk show, I at times you were engaging you, in you disinformation. Are, you are engaging in disinformation and sometimes misinformation. Oh, what they, and, what at, they, and at times maybe some pseudo truths." What did uh, Andrea Mitchell say when she was doing her non-apology to DeSantis? Precise. I I was I was not being precise or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, 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 no. Because that implies you got something wrong and it was unintentional. You knew something to be the truth and you said otherwise. That's a lie. (laughs) It was, you know, those. But that's exactly what the left has to do. So that. When they get caught lying, they can say, well, uh, we, we just weren't precise. No, no. That means that you got in the ballpark and that you were trying to tell the truth. You just missed the mark. I'm when you break to... down precision, that's what you're talking about. You're not talking about with intention walking into a conversation and making something up she was imprecise Impre- she was imprecise imprecise yeah, yeah yeah so that that's the other thing you know eric you've been you've been imprecise mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. Oh, okay fine 
Eric, you're a damn liar. See, that's no. <laughs> I mean, there's a difference. Because there is a difference. <laughs> it's different, it's right. exactly how how I laid it out. If if you <laughs> were aiming at something and you missed the target, you're imprecise. Exactly. <laughs> but you were trying, right? You were right. You, your intention yeah. was. I don't know if it was pure. It might have been lazy. <laughs> I don't know if lazy can be pure. I, this is the problem with being a talk show host is that you start breaking down the meaning of words because words have meaning. I like that. Can you be lazy yet still pure? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm going to use that somewhere in the next week. I don't know where, but well, I like that. Because if you don't put in the effort, that to me is a bit of an impurity. It's it's not imprecise, but it is an impurity. These are the <laughs> – see? This is why. Uh, but those – you know, that's exactly the, the point of, you know, that Carlin makes in brilliant fashion as he – as he often did. Very quickly, mm-hmm. when you just did that, you reminded me of the other Carlin bit that I can't get into details mm. when he's in confession. Father, I've oh. been impure to the impurest <laughs> of the impure. I've been Im- <laughs> impure in thought, word, and deed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so when you said impure, I'm like, oh my, and then you said Carlin. I went, yeah. there it is, there it is. We've tied it all together. You know, the, be- the beauty of Carlin, if you go back and you watch, and it's you can do it on YouTube and you can watch the... You know the 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 seven dirty words, uh, seven words you can't say. Uh, and by the way, all of those words now you can say, but what you can't say is that that transgender is actually a man. You have to say that it's that that transgender is a woman. Those are the things that you can't say. <laughs> right. So 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 you can actually because sometimes I'll be watching you know something that that played on cable and then you know a a, a word blurts out and I'm like whoa did they allow that and it turns out yeah no no when that was on cable they allowed that word but if you watch Carlin deliver that he's not reading cue cards. He's not reading anything, and he doesn't stutter, stammer, or anything. He is on it, and it's so, you want to talk about precision. (laughs) He was anything but imprecise. Uh, That was a, it it was, he just had that brilliant delivery, and that was part of it, because he could get straight to a point, he could cut right through it, and and I love that about his delivery. Look, there were a lot of things that he brought up especially in his later years, that I disagree with in his observations, but he was still brilliant at how he presented them. Just want to make sure that I get back to my original point because I took us off track there. Mm-hmm. And and the original point is everything across the board, uh, you know, everything uh, is a lie and everybody knows uh, it, it's a lie. So everything that Biden says, mm-hmm. everybody questions all the time. But the fact is, publicly he isn't he isn't in a blunt way and neither are the 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 people that surround him nobody ever says you're lying right you don't hear that no you don't you don't hear you're lying Mm -mm. no and and it's you know the you know the disinformation board should have been the line board yeah when the when the department of justice or not department department of homeland security came up with that one yeah right I mean, just to just to, and the funny thing is, because that would have been easy. So your line board, the 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 person that you wish to lead the line board, is one of the biggest liars. Yeah, 
That's is that exactly, what you're telling me? If you, that's that's if, a lot easier than throwing disinformation if you're gonna and misinformation. It, in if you're going to trim the fat on that one, right. that's how it was trying to play out. Yes. But everything, even about his health. I mean, like I said, his health, everybody knows. Everybody believes something's wrong with him, and everybody pretends there's nothing wrong with him, and right. nobody can directly confront it without being chastised. Right. And that's why it's okay mm-hmm. to talk about his 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 uh, uh, cognitive problems Mm -hmm. because the White House and his family says he has none. He has none. That he is as capable as anybody else. So at that point, you can make fun of it. If it was, and they admitted it's a cognitive problem, he has early onset dementia, then Mm -hmm. you would be mocking a disability. Right. Exactly. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Listen to Red Eye Radio wherever you are with the Red Eye Radio app. Available. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. And that's, that is, uh, again, and I know we've talked about it before, but I think it's really important because I think it's, to, to me, this is something I haven't covered to this degree. Hmm. You did a little bit during the first year of Obama. Remember yeah. when nobody yeah. was, everybody was afraid yeah. to, to uh, you know, to criticize him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know. Even but, the late night comedians. Oh, yeah. Well, we Remember can't. That? We're still doing Bush jokes because there's nothing funny about him. Exactly, and of course there is. Yeah. Uh, you ever see? Uh, I was watching the other day Jay Farrow do his impression of of uh, Obama. He had me on the floor. Yeah. You know because it's what yeah. it's the it's yeah. the voice is down, but right. you know it was, it was he, it's, it's, he 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 was uh, he was when he was doing Obama. He was doing um you know uh, basically being asked the question. Uh, what was the most favorite part of being in the White House, and and it was about going in the Lincoln bedroom with Michelle, and you guess you can yeah, guess what right. you know you go yeah. into the bedroom, to, yeah. of course, yeah. and the way that he just did it was, I mean, you were just losing it. I yeah. mean, it was it right. was awesome, and it's like, of course, there's somebody, there's something funny with every politician, but even then, I mean, the big lie for him came with, uh, you know, and I think the big lie started, you know, with, uh, with, um, um. Uh, Obamacare, Obamacare. Mm-hmm. but even then the liberal media called him out on it because mm-hmm. remember that was a lie of the year right what was that 2009 2010 wow was a, but now you're at a point where like i said everybody knows that the president's having cognitive problems his family the white house absolutely not he is as good as any 20 year old 30 year old yeah. everything is fine right and you look at the polls 75 percent of america says no there's something wrong right we're concerned with it whether it's just age or cognitive problems there is a problem there right and everybody just pretends and if you bring it up you're criticized and demonized yet everybody knows yep and believes there's something wrong Individuals and businesses with tax problems. Listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control of your finances if you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled taxes? 
The Bona Show. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Uh, just one more uh, uh, article out there and one more happening in the liberal transgender activist uh, uh, movement. You had uh, Riley Gaines, the uh, the female swimmer, refuses to be silent. This was in the New York Post. This is not progressive, she told the Post, about biologically male transgender athletes competing in women's sports. We are not moving forward. This is actually quite the opposite. We're going back 50 years in time to before Title IX. Hmm. That sounds familiar, like I've heard that before yeah. sometime. Mm. Like there's some guys on the radio have been talking yeah. about this for, oh, I don't know, over a decade. Yeah. And warned Somewhere. that this was going to happen and yeah. uh, warned about how this was going to destroy uh, Title IX and how it would destroy of uh, feminism who are those guys that we're talking about it? Really they're not remember. geniuses at all i mean they're no, not you know, no 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 one of them is really stupid I, I don't know i can't remember which one but yeah <laughs> the former university of kentucky swimmer stepped into the spotlight in march of last year think about this this is really only where where because it was the it was the leah thomas that set this off it really was yeah, you know you had a yeah. few women that came in for example martina navratilova and she was eviscerated for it and just sort of disappeared yeah, right you know this is uh this is this is sort of like uh, a, a lot of um democrat narratives was the same as black lives matter remember you couldn't fight that right well conservative talk radio did and called it out for what it was mm-hmm. yeah you know of course yeah uh and and told you what black lives matter was about and the lies of Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And then as we found out later on, the greed of Black Lives Matter, where corporations lined up like crazy. And we made the comparison yesterday between Black Lives Matter and the whole ESG movement in this country. Right. Where now on that, companies are going, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> right. What's, you know, what's what's going on? Eventually the truth, eventually the truth and reality hits on everything. Right. And that's yeah. one of the things that we see over the next few years that the Democrats are facing is this isn't abstract anymore. This isn't, look, if we do this and then the future, all the policies, all the liberal policies that we told you would fail are now being, are being confronted by reality and they're failing. Well, no, we can even apply that to the whole ESG thing because you could say in the abstract, uh, I, I can, in fact, there were discussions Along the way, it would, well, uh, the companies and investors have to have a social conscience and blah, 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 blah. And yeah, no, you're right. We should blah, 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 blah. And we should be more mindful of blah, 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 blah. And in the future, we're going to blah, 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 in the future, blah, 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 because not today, blah, 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 because that affects profits. And blah, 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 blah. Oh, wait, you want to do it now? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, and we said the same thing here. Eventually, the liberal transgender activist movement would hit reality. And finally, women would say, we've had enough. Yeah. It is amazing, though, the cowardice of liberal women, especially on this. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. really is. The the uh, women, the liberal women leaders have been, un- because when you think about it, what they caved to was the man dictating what the definition of a woman is. 
That's the really incredible thing. That's the thing that's mind-boggling where you sit there and go, oh, that didn't really happen. Um, were we all doing acid? Because that couldn't happen. The, yeah, right. the, the, the feminist movement could not absolutely crumble under the weight of a man saying, I'm going to dictate what a woman is. And Gloria Steinem, oh, yes, I'm all for it. Yay! Men get to decide what women are. Well, eventually, it. eventually, it was going to it was going to hit real women in real circumstances, and we had warned this for the longest time. For over a decade, we've been warning this was going to happen, mm-hmm. and precisely, we said it will destroy the feminist movement. Well, that's it, um, and it has. If you got in the wayback machine, if you had a time machine and went back and told Gloria Steinem back in the day, look, at some point, men are going to take over your movement. And, and and you're gonna like it. <laughs> exactly. I got to go back to uh, the future now, so uh, I'll see you later, Gloria. Yeah. Oh, that's even better. I like yeah. that. I I like that one. That's the way to say it. Mm. <laughs> men will take over. Men will dictate the definition of a woman. And the women will like it. Well, imagine you get out of the time machine. You've got your cigar in hand, your whiskey, you know. uh, You got your facial hair going, you know, a a nice goatee. And and you you walk up and say, hey, uh, Gloria, that's Ms. Steinem to you. Yeah, whatever. Come here. Listen, in the future, we're going to take over your little women's movement here and and you're gonna like it then you get back in your way back machine and go away you're gonna appreciate that the critical thinking common sense man uh was able to convince you Mm -hmm. that you're totally uh emotional and bizarre uh, feelings that uh, women should have opportunity. We, the men, will let you know that's wrong, and you will go willingly with us and agree with us, and you will like it because the man says so. Yeah, because that's actually you know we we do that. I, mean, I do that because I know it will tick off people on the left. I mean, so there is some <laughs> there is some <laughs> entertainment reasons for me doing this, mm-hmm. but it's really true. No, it is. It's it actually is. true. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. It's true. And so, and and really it was, I, I really think when you finally got to hitting the uh, the bastion of progressive women in the Ivy League. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, progressive women, uh, you know, that, you know, women that, you know, I, I'm liberal and. I'm about women advancing. All of a sudden, they're being intimidated by the Democratic Party. Because mm-hmm. people say, well, it's the far left doing it. That's the mainstream of the Democratic Party. Right. How do we know that? Look at the equity bill. I think in the House, almost every single Democrat voted for it. There might have been one, mm. but it's mainstream within the Democratic Party. President supports it. Leadership supports it. 99.9% of the members of Congress of Democrats support it. Yeah. So it's not a fringe thing. Right. Even though they like to make it fringe, it's not fringe. It's the mainstream of the Democratic Party. And all of a sudden, these liberal Democratic women, you know, young women, 
that are on yeah. these swim teams, they're losing their opportunity. And they're like, well, my God, this is the utmost in 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 women hatred, in misogyny, in femophobia, of sexism. Mm-hmm. And, and now, not only that, but they're threatening our livelihoods, our lives, our scholarships. They're threatening everything. And it wasn't really until a significant portion of liberal women were denied opportunity yeah. where this became much more of an issue. Right. And I also think that that along with uh, uh, with uh, uh, and I have to say it because it, Dave Chappelle did take this into popular culture, mm-hmm. and then Bill Burr the same thing. But but Chappelle's the one that that drove it because he got most of the publicity on it. Yeah, and yeah. and that's what that's what's driving it now. But uh, Riley Gaines refuses to be silent. The former University of Kentucky swimmer stepped into the spotlight. She spoke out against biological male athletes competing in women's sports. Quote, we have to let people know as a group that a majority of us female athletes or females in general are not okay with this. Well, what you have to do is you've got to get liberal women because conservative women are against it. Right. Conservative women have been against it the entire time. Nobody in the mainstream media cares what conservative women are saying. No. That's not going to be a news item. You know, you take the Ivy League, which is mostly liberal, yeah, and you take the Ivy League, and you take liberal women who are coming out and stating, well, "Wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not going to let this thing go." Mm-hmm. You people are the sexist. You're the misogynist. You are the ones that are practicing femophobia. Don't you dare call me transphobic. I, you can be whatever you want, but what you're dictating is that a biological male can be a biological female because the man says so. That is the utmost in misogyny and sexism. And they need to be strong about it, and they need to pound on it each and every day. Well, we brought it up earlier this week when Hillary said that uh, women, and she was saying conservative women, Republican women, only vote the way that they're told by their boyfriend or their husband or their she said son and <laughs> or their she clearly doesn't have a son uh and, or their boss that men tell them how to vote uh sorry hillary it's your side that men are walking in and having their way with just about anything they want yep uh they can uh take the sports away from you any competition even International Women's Day. Where's Hillary? Yep, uh, she said. Well, we, Hershey. Well, she's probably you know supporting eating a Hershey's chocolate mm-hmm. bar and supporting the rapper that's in Canada right now mm-hmm. of a biological man mm-hmm. being the symbol for Hershey's in Canada of a woman to celebrate on International Women's Day. That's how yeah. insane it is. It is. Mm-hmm. She was on the unmuted uh, 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 podcast. Uh, and said, if we as female athletes aren't willing to stick up for ourselves, we should not expect someone else to stand up for us. But that's because, and we know it, they were intimidated. The intimidation is great. We will destroy your life. We don't care whether you're a liberal. You're not a liberal unless you agree that men get to dictate to women what the definition of their biological sex is. Right. Uh, the daughter of two athletes, a Nashville native, started swimming at age four. She was recruited by the University of Kentucky, where in addition to studying 
uh, Human Health Services and Health Law. She spent six hours a day in the water practicing. You really have to dedicate your entire four years of college to excelling. It's a major time commitment. Uh, she said the experience of competing against Leah Thomas in the NCAA championship last March felt like I was going into a race with my hands tied behind my back. I just want to ask this. Why is the Democratic Party, the mainstream of the Democratic Party, and if you're a Democrat, why are you anti-women? Why do you support the misogyny of the Democratic Party? Repeatedly. Repeatedly, it's over your, and over again. It's actually yeah. one of your major causes right now. Yep. Yeah. Women are no longer to be celebrated. Stand down. Sit over there. Yep. Do what the man says. Mm-hmm. And watch the men break all of the records that are supposed to go to women. Right. In sports. Right. And eventually start taking away your scholarships. Yep. Think about that. And then where it would go, your jobs. Think about the, you set a, you set a record as a female athlete. You set a record, a world record for something. And a man comes in and shatters that record and is celebrated by the media. All of your efforts are gone. Wow. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, Republicans to hold their first hearing on the origins of coronavirus mm. uh, uh, next week. We will uh, get to that here uh, following the top of the hour. And also, a uh, lot of articles this week about crime in Portland, Oregon. And then the, the story about the Walmarts, two of the Walmarts. Two Walmarts gone from Portland. Inside of Portland. I was watching. I, I looked up on YouTube yesterday and found... Mm-hmm a uh, local news report on it, and everybody is saying, you know, Walmart won't say why, simply saying, well, because of the, the profit motive. They they said uh, I, I, they said underperforming, and I thought, yeah, underperforming. Well, and, and it's likely because of the crime. And everybody, mm-hmm. it, I mean, the, the media, everything, shoplifting, shoplifting, the, the yeah. people they talk to, shoplifting, shoplifting, shoplifting. The CEO warned right. about that, said, if we can't get on top mm-hmm. of the shoplifting, there are some stores we're going to have to close. There was a woman who shopped at the the Walmart in Portland she was crying she said this is the this is the poor area people right. need the Walmart they there they need discount retailers they, exactly and she was crying i mean it was certain way it was heartbreaking watching yeah. it yeah. and we'll get into the specifics of that coming up 86690 red eye
is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. He is Eric Harley. Download our Red Eye Radio app and listen when and where you want. If you can't listen to one of our great radio stations overnight live. So, I'm looking here, just a couple of headlines. After Lightfoot loss, Chicago mayoral finalists split on crime strategy. Hmm. Uh, this story here, crime turned Portland, Oregon into a hollowed-out shell. Its neighbors are trying to keep it from happening to them, and they're talking about the three counties that uh, that you know uh, basically are in the you know the the Portland area, which would be uh, Multnomah, uh, uh, Washington County, and Clackamas County. Yeah, there, and they talk to the you know the the, the DA and officials in both the uh, Clackamas and and Washington County, saying, "Nope, what's happening in Portland is just you know." It's happening there, and we're not going to let it happen here. And mm. they talk to citizens who, who, who say, you know, if you bring up we need more police, you might as well just say, you know, you're a you're a traitor. You know, yeah. it's just you 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 can't say it. You'll get the you'll get the middle finger. You'll get attacked. You can't you can't do it. And Portland is becoming a hollowed out shell. Is the actual quote. And then the story that has been going around for the last couple of days is that Walmart and the CEO of Walmart warned that the shoplifting doesn't stop. Uh, well, how long ago was that? A year ago at least? Uh, it wasn't that long ago. No, okay. it, was, it, it goes back a few months. Okay, said if the shoplifting doesn't yeah. stop, uh, stores will be closing. Two of the yeah. stores inside of of uh, in, in Portland closing. As I said earlier, I was watching a local television uh, news update on that from Portland and the only thing they're talking about is it's shoplifting, it's shoplifting. Mm-hmm. Walmart won't confirm it. Well, why should they get involved in that? All they have so, to say is underperforming, underperforming. store, which right. which means that you're you're taking too big of a loss. You can't control this kind of right. loss. Not not going to get into the specifics of nope. it because if we do, then we get involved in the politics of it, and we're not going to do that. Right. So you simply say underperforming stores. Yep. Uh you know, I'm I'm old enough to remember. Uh, in numerous cities that I worked in, especially, uh, you know, going back uh, twenty years ago and thirty years ago, the concern that you did not have uh, grocery stores, mm. and you did not have uh, major retail outlets with cheap goods in the cities. Right. And you had uh, the politicians in the cities screaming racism. Part of the problem back then was even crime. Yeah. Well, then we got tough on crime. And what happened? Or we got tougher on crime, I'll say that. Mm. And then these retail outlets said, okay. Grocery stores went, okay, we're in. And now these same, I won't say the same politicians, but now the politicians in these liberal cities 
have made their cities a living hell. Yeah. Of violent crime, unlimited shoplifting, no consequences. And so now the reverse is happening and they're screaming again as if businesses, I, I, I guess, uh, to, to, they need to add ESGC for crime. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even in, in DC, they're wanting to lower the punishment for violent crime. Yep. Up till now, it's been, well, come on. It's just drug possession or come on. They're just taking, remember AOC. They're just stealing bread and milk because they're hungry. Yep. And that's a load of horsemen, or right. as we all know. Right. The prosecutor in Dallas County. Well, as long as we, you know, you're not doing it for uh, a profit. Well, of course you're doing it for a personal profit. Anytime you steal something, you're doing it so you don't have to pay for it. And you had to rescind that. All of these things that, that you know, liberals have been... Promoting and they expect, oh, no, this is, we're, it's going to be utopia. We won't even send, um, you know, the, the, we shouldn't even send cops out on calls. We'll send a therapist because that's going to be perfectly safe for the therapist and, and the person they're investigating. I mean, let's just, we can just soft walk our way into, oh, my gosh, why is the crime skyrocketing? You know, you look in Chicago and you look at uh, Paul Vallis, who's, who's, you know, who's running, who's, who's talking about uh, he's pledging to return the Chicago Police Department to its mm. core mission mm. to serve and protect the people of Chicago. Public safety is a human right. By the way, that's something Republicans should have adopted yeah. back in 2020. Right. Yeah. I saw that and went, oh, there's a quote. Public safety is a human right. Yeah. Well, for Democrats, it's public safety for criminals is a human right. Yeah. But public safety is a human right. It's government's responsibility to ensure residents feel safe and secure. Confronting the city's crime problem and ensuring all of our residents' safety is my top priority. We deserve a city that is safe for all. The campaign page says city leadership has surrendered us to all, all to a criminal element that acts with seemingly impunity and treating unsuspecting innocent people as prey. The data confirms their com- that their confidence that uh, few of them will ever be held accountable. Hmm. And then you have uh, the other candidate, Brandon Johnson, who is, you know, giving the, the normal... Um, you know, uh, liberal hogwash. Hmm. We have placed so much pressure and responsibility on law enforcement to behave as social workers, counselors, and marriage therapists. Yeah. That's what not law enforcement should be. Blah, 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 blah. We put too much so, pressure on now, them. When, when a couple of years ago it was, they shouldn't exist. Yeah, I don't buy, by the way, I don't buy either. You, you have to, as a Democrat, you have to show me because you saw Eric Adams and hmm. people were saying, okay, that's the guy. And you and I said, well, you know, as as you had, you know, Republicans commenting and, mm-hmm. you know, conservative media comment, oh, this is a great thing. We said, well, don't hold your breath, you know, yet. You, you look, they have to deal within the system, even if they do wish to do it. And Adams is now viewed as a complete failure yeah. very early on. Right. And he's a police officer. Yep. 
was a police officer. You mm. know, I think people understand my point. Mm-hmm. And and so when you look at it, when you see when you see Portland, when you see what's going on in Los Angeles, when you look at what's going on in in uh, in in Chicago, and it's obvious when you you know, this is the thing that blows my mind. You can sell people the most bizarre, unrealistic uh, narratives, abstract narratives, and they'll buy into it mm-hmm. from, oh, defund the police. That will work. And what do we say from the very beginning? No, it won't. Uh, we can power our entire society on solar and wind. No, you can't. No. And, you know, we go, I go back to what we talked about yesterday and the, uh, the Supreme Court and the fact that on the Supreme Court again in, in, uh, in session and, and, uh, oral arguments uh, the other day, uh, and, you go back to look at people saying, "Well, I don't agree with what the Supreme where the Supreme Court's going," and then you see the polls that show the majority of people don't even know what the Supreme Court's responsibility is. They don't even they have no idea what the separation of powers is. They can't name you. The majority of people cannot name you the three branches of government. Are people really that ignorant? Are ser- now? We know that even back in 2020, when you asked people, are you happy with your police department? Yes. Would you want to defund your police? No. But it's this abstract, well, we don't want it, but that other place could use it. Yeah, right. No, that's and, that's and, they're acting really badly over there. Uh, what about your neighborhood? Everything's fine. No, everything's fine here. And And you just, was Barnum right? <laughs> you can feel you can fool some of the people some of the time but you can fool all the people oh no it was that barnum no i'm sorry barnum was a sucker is born every, every day minute, yeah. every minute every yes, minute okay. mm-hmm. yes yes sorry yeah i mean you but, know. but but i mean it, it the democratic party slogan is you can <laughs> you can fool some of the people some of the time and you can fool most of the people most of the time they rewrote that, and then one. eventually we're going to be able to fool all the people all, all the, the time. Because think about it, you, it's that's the thing. All all these concepts that are self evident, instinct tells you they won't work. Your your survival instinct tells you it won't work, right. and yet they do it anyway, mm-hmm. and they're able to sell it. They're able to sell it to a significant portion of people who are the ones that are hurt by it. Yep. You know, we've often talked about on taxes how the the biggest lie that Democrats continually sell to their constituents who are poor is that we can punish the companies by taxing them when basically it's a stealth tax that hurts the poor the most and they continually sell it they've sold that for 50 years oh and yeah I, and and that's the to me that's what that's the biggest economic lie that they have told but the poor who vote democrat mm-hmm. have voted for it over mm-hmm. 
and yeah. over right. and over again. And the thing is, the the big you know screw really twisting is the fact that they know the corporations pass it on. Mm-hmm. They know it. They yeah. see what oil companies do. They know it. They pretend the company. Well, they shouldn't do it, and we hope that they won't. But they do every time, which means you're actually proposing something that hurts the poor the most. And the worst thing about it is it's a stealth tax. They actually don't see themselves being taxed. No. No, they don't. Because it doesn't come in an invoice. Well, and and that's it. You know, um, it, it's the it's the greatest way to maintain that control, the hidden tax. And don't you dare put it out there that, you know, don't put it on the shelf. Remember in Philadelphia, they did the sugar tax, and then the soda went through the roof, and it was outrageous. And so the store owners put signs up saying, because of the new tax, oh, this is going to be your price. And then city leaders came in and said, no, you can't do that. That's unfair. How dare you tell the truth about what we just did? I remember that there were then in the be like in the suburban stores, right? You know, right on the the city line. Yeah, we're putting soft drinks are cheaper over here. Right, and the city leaders were getting upset about that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like stop telling people what's going on. Right, <laughs> how dare you? But yeah, it's, that's the thing that I think is the great mystery: the things that were self evident. But think about how Black Lives Matter was able to sell their lie. And how corporation? We're not talking. You know, we're not. We're talking corporations. We're talking these CEOs. Mm-hmm. They all fell for the lie of Black Lives Matter. Oh, sure, yeah. The sports leagues did, and it was yep. blatant. Yep. That they were piling a bunch of lies at the American public, and they still went along with it anyway. Yep. And then you then the fund the police came along with it. We all knew it would be a disaster. The people of the cities went along with it, even though they yep. themselves didn't want. The defunding of the police where they lived. Right. And they still went along with it. And Johnson, have the polls come out? Is Johnson in the lead in uh, in in, uh, in Chicago? Uh, will, 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 I, I haven't seen any polls you know, yet. Will, yeah. will you actually get, will you actually get in an election where the people voted out a, a uh, incumbent mayor hmm. because she's not tough on crime? Will they reelect another person who admits they won't be tough on crime right will they all be we'll out just we'll just say it differently will will they all will they all be out with a cheer for brandon johnson let's go brandon yeah. let's go brandon right why not just amazing Eight six six ninety red eye hi i'm jen loomis a transport safety expert at jj keller and i'm here to share a tip on compliance safety accountability To determine a driver's Compliance Safety Accountability, or CSA, score, safety event data is recorded and compared against that of other drivers. Drivers are given a CSA score, but unlike motor carrier scores, driver scores are only visible to enforcement officers during an audit. However, drivers' most recent five years of crash data and three years of roadside inspection data is made available to potential employers via the pre-employment screening program. So it's a good idea for drivers to review their online PSP record from time to time. A request for data review can be submitted via data queues to have errors corrected 
or to have a non-preventable crash designation indicated for a crash. In the event a current or previous carrier is audited, records on drivers with high CSA scores will be targeted first, but individual drivers are not subject to CSA interventions like motor carriers. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Well, we talked uh, earlier about uh, Hershey's chocolate in uh, Canada, how they are uh, how they are celebrating uh, international, how they celebrated International Women's Day yesterday mm-hmm. by putting a transgender woman, a biological male, on a candy wrapper. Mm-hmm. So you celebrate International Women's Day with a man. Yeah. Well, the Toronto Raptors decided to celebrate Women's History Month okay, by posting a video with players talking about why women are great. Mm. And they ended up having to apologize. Why oh. are women great? Uh, why? Three of the players who they chose mm-hmm. uh, to go out there and give the presentation, well, two out of the three players basically said women are great because they have babies. Oh, no, 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 Yes, no. the no, trio no, no. was tasked with each giving a reason why girls run the world. Oh, oh. The run the world theme is uh, a play and a song uh, that says girls run the world. A trend emerged quickly as the first player said girls run the world because uh, they birth everybody. Oh, boy. And the other one said they are the only ones who can procreate. Oh, boy. Now, in a sensible world, you say, "Well, yeah, the fact that they mm. women are the uh, the sex that can procreate mm. makes them extremely special." Correct? Can't say that in the liberal world. No, no, and, no, no. And then, but <clears throat> here we go to end it. This is why you need you you should have a script for this. Mm-hmm. the The last <laughs> player said, "Women uh, are great. They run the world because." They are queens. Uh, the Toronto Raptors had to apologize for the video. Yeah. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Just, I mean, you should have known. Come on, guys. Don't tell the truth. <laughs> Why You're do we... You're, you're going to salute women, and you're going to bring science into it. Now, now you're going to bring, you're going to bring having babies into it. Now, if you ask me the question, why do women run the world? It's well because they run us. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Because they tell us what to do, right? <laughs>
so good, you know you want to listen again with our podcast, available on our app and at RedEyeRadioShow.com. And he's Eric Carlin, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Okay, since uh, economic numbers will be coming out today, let's talk about some of the economic stuff that we didn't talk about this week. Okay. Uh, uh, first off, with uh, the, the, and we had talked about this last month, and I believe the month before, that you don't see as much focus on unemployment numbers as a barometer of how the economy is doing. And that's been some of the talk that has been going on, uh, the fact that the unemployment numbers, that and, and again, we didn't, we didn't start this narrative, and it's not a political narrative to say that the economy is, you know, that, that uh, the unemployment numbers, uh, it wasn't, we didn't start this narrative, economists did. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's not a political narrative that we started so we can say, well, the, the uh, Biden economy is doing terrible. It's just the reality of the massive shift that we have seen in people working since COVID. Yeah. Right. And the fact that it's the the question of is it hitting now the fact that we are going to have massive labor shortages. And when you have massive labor shortages, well, then the unemployment number is always going to look artificially low. Yeah. Yeah. And we there's still, you know, plenty of jobs out there. And a lot of those companies can't match. That's part of the problem. Uh, there's been a ton of layoffs uh, recently, but because we don't have the number of people coming into the workforce, we don't have, as we did post-World War II, tens of millions of women coming into the workforce full-time mm-hmm. over that period. Mm-hmm. We did not have the baby boom. The baby boom is gone. That's done. And so we don't have a growing population, which skews the unemployment numbers and the employment numbers out there. And so to judge an economy on that, we never really used the unemployment numbers. We You did in a way, but you could sort of see how the economy is doing yeah. by, you know, durable goods and, and, and services. Right. You know, what, right. what was actually going there? Not even the GDP. The GDP can give you an indicator as to the direction of, because if money is being transferred and moved around, that can mean, especially in the private sector, that can mean that that does relate in some way to the expansion of the economy. The problem with the GDP is government spending that does not create necessarily uh, goods and services that makes the economy more efficient and more productive doesn't count the same when it comes to economic growth as, for example, the production of durable goods Mm. and the increase in services. Because services would be legit. Services you can make. You may not be producing something. You may be providing a service. But that service, depending on what that service is, can make the economy more productive and efficient, which does add to economic growth. Yeah, right. Even if it's not directly, it's, it's indirectly. But when you look at the, um, you know, the the unemployment numbers, you're saying, mm, I don't know. And I guess so, there'll be more research on it. But uh, I, when we had brought it up last time, you guys are trying to find any excuse to uh, to show that the, uh, 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 and I say Obama, I said Obama economy before, that mm-hmm. the Biden economy, you know, isn't working. 
Oh, no, we didn't come up with it. We're, we're reading other economists. And there's a legit point to it. Yeah. There's actually a legit point. You know, how, do you, how, do, how are the numbers skewed because of the lack of available people in the workforce that wasn't there even three years ago? Right. So uh, the other economic news, you and I had talked about this yesterday off the air. Uh, Tesla stock falls 5%. And and this uh, comes from MarketWatch. <laughs> I'll just read the headline. Tesla mm. stock falls 5% as Elon Musk's Master Plan 3 is short on details about about both cars and finances. It was interesting because it was a lot of hype that he put forth. The stockholders didn't buy into it. Right. You know, about what they're going to do, what we're going to be able to make electric vehicles cheaper. How? Well, you know, he said there were a couple of things. One of the things he mentioned was smaller manufacturing plants. I thought, well, wait a minute. That sounds counterintuitive, but there wasn't more to it. So I don't know right. what he, what kind of efficiencies he's going to create. If, if he's looking at the delivery charges of those cars, because... They are delivered not on the electric Tesla truck. <laughs> they are delivered on diesel-powered big rigs, at least for now. And maybe he's saying that the it lessens the delivery charge if you put more manufacturing plants in, or you know, smaller plants in more places. Um, I haven't been able to slice that math and make it work since he put that out. How do how does a smaller manufacturing plant get you a and and other items get you to slashing the cost in half? You know, I th- I could think as well. You'd produce fewer cars, therefore you'd have a fewer economic or fewer monetary losses. <laughs> well, I mean, are, are, is he going to start three D printing the cars? <laughs> well, when. You know, when he said, you know, the cars are going to be cheaper in the future, I'm like, how? How are you going to get there? I don't see it, especially with the, with, you look over the next, and, and it's, again, it's not us doing the figuring. Right. It's okay with what you need to get the, the batteries, mm-hmm. you know, just the batteries alone mm-hmm. with the supply limitation of everything you need to make the, the, the batteries, battery prices are only going to continue to go up. Because right. the more demand and less supply and not the ability to be able to get it to market, that doesn't – there is no way that makes a electric vehicle cheaper. And so how else do you do it? Well, the next day you see – you know, the next day Elon Musk unveils plans for a $10 billion Tesla gigafactory to produce electric vehicles in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So what do you have to do? You have to make it outside the United States. And it's interesting because then there's the <laughs> other story, trying to juxtaposition all these different stories, mm-hmm. uh, about uh, about the trade war that Biden created and the Democrats created because of the subsidies for American-built electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. And who pointed, one of I forgot, uh, the Republican senator pointed this out in the last two days. They said, notice the fact that as soon as the uh, the uh, uh, credits for EVs came out. The cost of electric vehicles went up. 
Yeah. And that's the bubble that you create, just like right. college, right. the college bubble. When there's cheap money, when money is available for free, the cost of the product goes up. Mm-hmm. You know, simple economics. But, yeah, but when you say, say okay, that's how you do it long term for EVs. You build them out of the United States. So you can offer the subsidies as the United States is doing. That's only temporary. And if you're looking long-term, and if you're going to build a $10 billion gigafactory in Mexico, you're looking long-term, you've got to have cheap labor. You've got to have cheaper labor. The labor in the United States is going to be some of the most expensive labor in the world. You can't get around that. Right. And one of the reasons labor is going to be much more expensive in the United States is the fact that our population isn't increasing. Well, okay, so that would be the next question for Elon Musk. Here's a guy who is uh, and, and certainly has been at the top of the discussions about AI. And he's talking about, you know, in part in terms of these plants uh, that they could, they, they want to have a, a standardized, a generalized, standardized, plant that would build more than one model of tesla and for for any oem that would be unique but here's my question the next question is how much automation do you foresee because they're talking everybody right now in the ev market seems to be focusing on 2030 and uh because uh it was uh amazon that announced that they expect to have a hundred thousand Rivian Amazon vans, electric vehicle vans, delivery vans, in use by 2030. So everyone is in the EV market seems to be focused on on 2030. But by the way, as their stock went down two days yeah. ago, 17 mm-hmm. percent. And you look at these things, yeah, and and I I don't know which came first, that statement or the stock drop, but it could be you know <laughs> I, could be either or, uh, but it, it also could be the reaction to the stock drop, and this is something you've seen with with Tesla, the stock has has not done well um, uh, lately, and that's why you have, uh, and and they're at their big, they were at their big Tesla meeting, but you had a lot of them calling for. Uh, investors calling for Elon Musk to spend less time at Twitter and more time at uh, at uh, Tesla. And they're moving the Tesla uh, engineering headquarters back to California to be close to Twitter. Uh, so I guess he can uh, clone himself and then have <laughs> one Elon at, e- at each location uh, and nobody will know. Well, unless but, because the feds didn't didn't approve of the uh, of the chip in humans yet, right? So unless he plans to well, put a chip he, in another human being, which is his I, chip, I'm not so sure he wait, waits for approval on things. <laughs> I think he's already there. I think he's well, already cloned well, himself. If he, yeah, he could put the chip inside yeah, himself, basically yeah, cloning himself. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, but it, and it's a libertarian. I'd support that. Look, if it's just you, then fine. But the the AI part of it, the the automation for building, I would love to know what he sees in terms of building the Tesla vehicles and automation going forward. How much 
how much of that build on any one model might be done by automation, by robots. That's what I would love to know. And because there isn't a workforce, you just you just hit it. We're not growing as a workforce, and we're not going to change immigration by 2030. It's it, I don't think that's going to happen. You're not going to uh, uh, increase the number of visas. The American people don't want that. So what do you do? Well, here's a guy who knows all about automation and AI and, and robots and everything else, and they've been working, I have to believe that a lot of that technology is is going to be integrated even further into the building of their cars. I would just love to know what he sees and if there is a goal that he's looking to achieve in terms of how much on the line, how much is going to be done by automation. I'd love to know that. It's intriguing to me. I, I don't have really any opinion on it i mean i going forward that's just the way it's gonna well, be done because you don't have right. enough people well if 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 ai works and is more productive and efficient than a human uh assembly line worker mm-hmm. then it's going to be ai you can't yep. stop it yep and they and they're setting up in you know uh you know in texas and manufacturing uh the engineering headquarters going back to california but manufacturing still setting up in texas and texas is not a union state i mean they could you know they they he may run it and he's been running into union issues uh in other states but the fact of the matter is that you're going to get automation one way or the other even in union states it's just you're just not going to have enough people to do the gig the job well, no, has because to if done. you don't if if AI is whatever percent more efficient mm-hmm. than a non-union worker, mm-hmm. which it will get to that point in certain jobs. Mm-hmm. Then it will be even more efficient with union than than union workers. They will move; those jobs will go. Yeah, right. They may go to another state. They may go to another country. Mm-hmm. The plants may close down, but unions can't stop AI. They might be able to slow it down at a particular plant, but they'll just build another plant where they do it somewhere else. Right. Yep. You can't stop it. Nope. So, nope. yeah. So I just, I, I I saw the yesterday and I'm like, wow, that was a pretty poor presentation because obviously the stockholders didn't buy it. It's like, no. you gotta, if, if you're going to make all these promises, you've got to give us more specifics. Yeah, you do. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So there is Republicans to hold first hearing on uh, the origins of coronavirus hmm. next week, starting next Wednesday. And the goal will be to gather facts about the origins of the virus. No details yet whether Democrats will attend. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.